When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light. All day light. All night light. Here we go. Here we go. Keep it all. Keep it all. Keep it all. We are the light. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine along with Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 923thefan and 923thefan.com. Coming at you each and every week on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the Radio.com app and wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you subscribe there for all the latest Cleveland sports news. We got you covered. Plenty of Browns on tap with training camp underway. The Indian surge continues. We will discuss that in the trade deadline on today's show. A quick reminder, not only to subscribe to this podcast, but if you leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to us on, others will be able to find this podcast much, much easier as far as Cleveland goes, Cleveland sports fans go. We want to get the word out about our podcast. And, Daryl, there's plenty to dive into, by the there way. There is? Daryl's been what? doing work, by the way. Daryl's exhausted. I, I'm shocked I was able to get him in here because he's he's churned out about 52 articles at 923thefan.com on the Browns in the past 24 hours. But he is here. Make sure you check out his work covering Browns training camp and uh, – yeah, Daryl, it's underway. Odell Beckham Jr. putting on a show the first couple of days. Um, I haven't been there. You have. What's something that that you have observed, witnessed, uh, a big takeaway, a big thought about the Browns um, that those who haven't been there, like myself, that haven't been at training camp, that they need to know? Freddie Kitchens has this. For all Ooh. the for all the questions this offseason about is he going to be able to handle things, he's got this. Uh, that is probably my biggest takeaway. He really was the perfect type of guy to run this team. He's big on uh, accountability. He's he's big on, uh, you know, eliminating stupidity and penalties and stuff like that. And I just there just the details of the game. My observations of his coaching staff and how they're coaching these guys, especially in the individual. And the positional drills really stands out to me. You know, uh, you don't have to be colorful, dropping a bunch of F-bombs on the practice field to show everybody that you're a good coach like we observed over these last couple of years. Don't get me wrong, as entertaining as that was. um, (laughs) But, you know, Freddie Kitchens has this. I would say that's probably... My biggest takeaway, my second biggest takeaway, and it's not very revelatory at all, just, man, this is going to be a really good football team. I mean, they they really are as good as uh, they are on paper. Uh, I, I know we're, like, you know, nitpicking. Look, is the offense ahead of the defense, or is the defense ahead of the offense? Da, 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 da. There, there are a couple of uh, items of concern, but just big picture, Freddie's got this pretty good football team we're going to see this fall. Odell Beckham Jr., is he the best skill player? That you've covered. I know they put you on the spot. And I want to get into Freddie Kitchens. But yeah, I, I remember no, hearing you earlier this this week talk about that. And at least, is he the best skill player you've covered on the Browns? My description of him as a football player does a disservice to him as a football player. That's how good he is. It's, 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 it's effortless to watch him 
out there. The way he changes speeds, he just glides across the, gla- the, the grass. It's, it's incredible to me. Um, the difficult catches that he makes, he just makes it look like he's just throwing his hand up and the football just magically finds It's like it. a magnet. It, 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 <laughs> it, yeah. Jarvis is starting to do the same thing again. Jarvis did this last year at camp. Now Jarvis is doing it again this year. But it is, uh, like I said, any description that I could provide of Odell Beckham Jr. would do a disservice to him. It would not do him justice. He's that good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think we knew that. I do think, though, that— Different stratosphere. That, like, when you watch a player like that practice in person, it's just different. Right? It's, like, when you yeah. see LeBron on the court— Yep. On TV, it's different than when you see LeBron on the court and you're 10 feet away. Yep. It, it, the same thing. And I've with, seen it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, AJ Green is a guy that, and I know he's injured, but he's a guy I used to cover, and he just looks different than everybody else. OBJ is better than AJ no, Green. Continue. I, I'm not saying that. Don't do that. Stop it. Of course he, he is. I mean, look at the numbers. That alone says it. But they look different. You know, the, these guys look different. When you're a superstar, you're different. In OBJ, you've noticed it right away. I mean, it was easy to notice being on Twitter with the videos that you were rolling out and Ben was rolling out on our website. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, my, my big takeaway, uh, 13, pretty good player. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been your first article. 80, pretty good player. 95, pretty good player. Um I, I want to. There's so much I want to dive into. Let's let's Six, stick with not too shabby. Well, let's stick with Freddie Kitchens though, because okay. I, I do think that. Of the narratives, there are like three main narratives that that could derail this team. One, they talk about the offensive line. Two is OBJ and um, and Jarvis basically going at each other and, and battling each other for touches and it blowing up there because of the egos in the room. Not going to happen. No, no, I know, I know. But but those are like the national. And then the third one is Freddie Kitchens in in no particular order. Is Freddie Kitchens being in over his head or Freddie Kitchens being overwhelmed? He's not. And he's not. Obviously, this city has seen. Coaches that were overwhelmed being a head coach of a team that didn't have these kind of expectations. But it doesn't sound like, it doesn't seem like, and you just said it, he's not, that Freddie Kitchens has wavered or changed or done anything or been any different than he was prior to getting hired and, and now. And it seems like he's the same dude, which is, is is a guy that's up for the challenge. Players can smell a phony a mile away. Last year they smelled some phonies. Okay? <laughs> um, Freddie's not, Freddie's not a phony. Uh, I mean, he comes to his post-practice press conference and spends half of it ripping on all of us. Not in a negative way. I don't mean that negative. It's just in a playful way. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's not afraid to have fun with people. And there have been times where he's like, loosen up. You know, it's just fun. I mean, you know, don't don't take it personally. It's just, you know, just a game, just football, you know. And I like that about him. I, I really do because uh, I, I think that, sure, we all have, a, have jobs to do, but, you know, this is this is entertainment. The sport of football is fun. Sport of baseball, obviously, is fun. Basketball, what? sport in and of itself is fun. Um, and he he recognizes that. He understands the job that's before him. He understands the expectations, what he's tasked with, all those type of things. But he's not letting it consume him. He's not allowing it to change him. And I think that he is going to get the most out of his players just because of the way he is. Because... When you're genuine to someone, when someone knows that you're upfront, honest, have their back, you're you're not being deceitful and just telling them what they want to hear and stroking their ego and all those type of things, 
you're going to go the extra mile for that person. And that's why I think Freddie Kitchens is going to do so well with the Browns and this cast of characters on this team because he he's not phony. He's genuine. That's just who he is. He's got that folksy kind of sense of humor and that southern hospitality to him. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, Alabama roots and, and whatnot. And those are all very positive things. So I I wasn't concerned with Freddie Kitchens eight months ago. I'm not concerned with Freddie Kitchens today. I just I, I'm not. I understood where a lot of a the the not criticism, but the questions were coming from. Sure, I I get it. Not worried about it because because I just I I I see him for who he is, and not only is he a good person, I think he's a really good football coach. And I think that when you say he's not a phony, you know he's genuine, and he's he's a straight shooter. If I'm Odell Beckham Jr., guess what I'm looking for. I dealt with the freaking New York Giants who were holding on to the carcass of Eli Manning for, for way too long, and that's what they've done. Um, they threw out Tom Coughlin to, to go to what? You know, what, what coach was better than Tom Coughlin? I get Coughlin was older, but the point is he goes you from the all Shermanator this— in all, there now. All this dysfunction. Rabbit Ears is running the and, show and, in New York. In lie after lie of, oh, we're, we're signing you, we're going to keep you, and then they trade— all this stuff, right? There's just one thing after another— um, and Odell talked about that when we when we spoke with yeah. him, and that and that's what he meant by you know the the disrespect. I wrote this uh, last week. I think the reason Odell is going to be successful and really blow up here is because in New York, I don't think he felt loved and appreciated. And I really believe here in Cleveland, not only is he going to be loved and appreciated, he's going to be worshipped, and that is what's going to pull that extra out of him too. And the first thing that Freddie Kitchens did, when all that all that OTA stuff, right? And now oh, he's not showing up. He's not showing up. Freddie's like, man, go get your head right. Go get your head right. Show up in shape. That's all I ask. Yeah. That, that alone, like instant equity. Instant equity with Freddie. And since then, they've talked about their relationship. And then here's the other thing. Baker buys in. So if Baker's buying in, and he bought in last year, obviously, but if Baker's well, buying him and, in, him and Freddie have the same personality. So, so if he buys I mean, in, I mean, Freddie and yeah, yeah, yeah. Freddie and Baker, they got the same personality. So if he's buying in, and you're th- literally the most talented player, maybe definitely on the team, maybe more than that, and OBJ's buying in, so your leader and that guy's buying in, it's it, it's done. Freddie's already sold. Like it's it's over. Like once that happens, everyone else just follows suit, right? Yeah, everyone I mean, everyone falls in line. And that's what it's about. Uh, attitude reflect leadership, and without leadership, you can't have the proper attitude. And the Browns have great leadership. It, it was it was a little. Does it feel weird saying that? It, it, it does, you know. And it was interesting. Listen to Jimmy Haslam talk on Sunday, and and you know he he was asked you know something about you know what did he learn you know over the course of all the the pain and suffering that they went through as owners sure uh and he said well we learned got to hire the right people and find a quarterback and it was funny and it drew a you know a, a chuckle but there was a there was a, a tremendous amount of sincerity behind that as well that it, it comes that's down- accurate that's yeah. exactly what it is <laughs> You you need to be well run, i.e. good GM, and you need a quarterback. You have those two yeah. things in the NFL, you always have a shot. Yep. Always. And if you don't have that, you have no shot 
None whatsoever. So, yeah, it is a completely different vibe uh, around training camp this year. Uh, I don't feel like I'm having to talk myself into guys. I don't feel like fans have to talk themselves into the team being good or players being good. No. The team's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. And you got some really good freaking players on this team. Like they're, So the, the optimism is legitimate. It's validated. Uh, and, and again, we're not talking ourselves into, yeah, maybe they could go 10 and 6. They should have gone 10 and 6 last year. If they had a kicker worth a damn, they could have gone ten and six last year with the roster that they had. Now, since then, they've added three Pro Bowlers to the mix, so they should, at worst, go ten and six this year. Just you know, all all things being equal, because they have that talent. Like it's no longer about winning. And Jarvis talked about this uh, the other day. Uh, you know, this isn't just about you know when I got here. You guys were just happy just win a game. Or we win three games, we'll throw you a, par- throw you a parade. We'll be thrilled. It's like, no. He goes, I, I didn't come here for that. I-, I didn't come here to win the division. Came here to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's what this thing is about. And I like the fact that guys aren't shying away from it. They're not saying it every two seconds, okay? They're not putting the cart before the horse. They all know. The goal now, the bar here in Cleveland and we've talked about this in relation to the Indians. When mm-hmm. I when I would tell you the bar for the Indians for me is World Series or bust, fair or not, I am determining the success of their season whether or not they win the damn World Series because they've come so close so many freaking times. I'm getting sick and tired of not getting it done. <laughs> but you know, with the Browns, it's no longer you know, hey, let's finish, let's just you know, finish 500 and be respectable and be in games and not get our ass kicked every Sunday. It is win. The whole damn thing. That's And they have the talent to do it. However, that talent has to come together day by day, starting here in training camp, series by series, practice by practice, uh, week by week, and then you get into the regular season. And you win enough games, you qualify the playoffs. You win all your games in January, you get to play in the Super Bowl. You, you, know, you win that game that first weekend, that first Sunday in February, guess what? You hoist the silver Vince Lombardi trophy. That's how it works. Before then... Nothing else matters. You don't hear New England Patriots, them talking about winning the Super Bowl this year. They're doing the same thing. Well, day by day, focus on the practice of the day. And that's what the Browns are doing. They're saying the goal is obviously win the Super Bowl. That's that's the end of the road. That's where they want to finish. It's their end destination. But right now, today, we can't get there unless we do our job today. And that mentality will make them a championship team. Oh, look at that. That's Daryl Ryder. You can follow him on Twitter, at RyderWrongFan. I'm James Rapine. We are your beat writers for 92.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Something you said there stood out, and, and here's why. I, I remember going on a rant um, about Gerald McCoy because, to me, as good as the Browns are on paper, and they're much more talented than they've been in the past, the – the idea that they're going to take down Brady and Belichick, it, to me, they need to be so much better talent-wise. So, like, because you know Brady and Belichick, they make up for so much of that. They they beat teams, i.e. the Rams in the Super Bowl, that had way more talent than them, yep. and they still find a way to dominate. So I thought Gerald McCoy was a need. You got to go get him. And they tried. Didn't happen. So then... Earlier this week, another defensive tackle falls right in your lap. It seems like it's going to get done. Mike Daniels has a history 
with John Dorsey. There's the Packer connection. It's like, wow, a former Pro Bowler. He's Pro Bowler 2017. He can come here. He can help the, the D-line become even that much better. And they don't get him Daryl Ryder. Why have they not been able to lock up, lock up either one of these Pro Bowl defensive tackles that could have really given them a boost and, and made them maybe the most talented team in the league or, or one of them? Not that they aren't already but just solidified that and made them that much better on defense. Because John Dorsey's job is to be fiscally responsible, and why am I going to pay starters money to a reserve? That's what it comes down to. You know, it's easy for us because it's not our money, it's not our cap management, whatever. But I guarantee you rolling over that $9 million next year is going to be more valuable to the Cleveland Browns as they try and take the next step. Whatever that next step is next year, okay, mm-hmm. it, it, whether it's free agency, the draft, uh, making trades, whatever. So that's why. It again, it's it's easy to say, yeah, oh man, they should have signed McCoy, they should have signed Daniels. Well, it takes two to tango, and also at the same time, John Dorsey's job is to be fiscally responsible when it comes to the payroll and the salary cap management. Remember. That was one of the number one crit- – John Dorsey had two criticisms when he came to Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. One, allegedly, supposedly, he had no people skills and couldn't get along with anybody. <laughs> okay? Uh, you notice I threw in the allegedly, supposedly, and that was He's meant out to there be- holding babies at Kirk right. Camp and doing all this stuff. I was trying to lay the sarcasm uh, on as thick as you I did. could. No, you did. It's uh, just okay. hilarious. Because he's the he's the antithesis of that. All right? Uh, and then the second thing was he's reckless with the salary cap. Well, I don't think he's reckless with the salary cap, and I sure don't think he he lacks people skills. I, I just I couldn't disagree more with those two narratives that surrounded John Dorsey when he came to the Cleveland Browns. I, I just same thing. So, Baker, Baker so, Mayfield supposedly was supposed to, supposed to be some immature brat, Johnny Manziel 2.0, the antithesis of Johnny Manziel. Like I, I just, Odell Beckham Jr. supposed to be this rotten, egomaniacal, egotistical, pain in the ass, a contrarian, uh, malcontent. Well, in in my experience, just watching him on the practice field, watching him interact with people, uh, having a, a couple opportunities to to listen to him. Uh, answer questions from him the antithesis of that exact opposite of that so i think that sometimes we get caught up in some of these stupid national narratives okay and this is where it's a bad job done out of the media and there needs to be a little more accountability in the hot take culture that we live in you know we're we're in a rush to to go negative not not us personally but just in our business because negativity sells um and sure, I'm not saying that Odell was perfect in New York. I'm not saying that John Dorsey, everything he did with the Kansas City Chiefs was perfect. I'm not saying how Baker behaved in college. He was in college for God's sake. But I'm not saying that how he behaved in college was perfect. But the bottom line is is there's three examples right there. Baker, John Dorsey, and Odell Beckham Jr. were the negative narratives that surrounded all three of those people my exposure to those three people haven't witnessed any of it. Haven't witnessed any of it. Don't see it. Don't get it. Don't understand. Well, and part of it is is maybe they've OBJ, Dorsey, and Baker. They learn from their mistakes, and that's what that, a novel concept, you know. And that's it. But it takes a maturity to do that. Again, so I'm not saying that they were perfect. Yeah, yeah. But these these na- these narratives that got put out there, 
Yeah, OBJ's uh, a cancer. Makes no sense. Oh, he, never. Horrible teammate. Agreed. Then we find out he ba- got mattresses for his entire Baker, team by the because way, the sponsor I, you I know, was wanted to hook him up. Yeah. He said, no, hook my teammates. with with. If you want to hook me up, you can hook my teammates up instead. Like, I wish I, I was his teammate. Gave, I could use a new bed. Got, I, I saw this weekend. You want to uh, buy me a bed? No, no, oh. I can't, no, I can't afford it. Um, I can't afford a new bed for myself, or else I would. It, 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 I'll be honest with you. If I was a millionaire, I'd be the most generous person in the world. I, I would. I'd, I'd give a lot of money away. I, I would. I'd pay off my parents' mortgage. I'd... You know, pay all my stuff off and pay my sister stuff. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a generous person by nature, and that just is. But I, these na- these narratives that just get thrown out there, I'm starting to get frustrated by them and embarrassed by them for our business because they're just they're so far off. But guess what? They got they got the clicks, they got the shares, they got the eyes, they got the ears, and they got spread. Interesting, interesting. Real quick on the. The free agent narrative. So you're saying that they weren't in the the mix of giving ten to twelve million dollars to McCoy Correct. per and same thing. Just it's just it's for a, both it's, of them. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't make fiscal sense. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're so paying, what, what? Do you know what they offered you're, Daniels? You're, Did you're, they you're, offer him a contract? You're, you're paying Olivier Vernon fifteen million dollars. You're going to at some point have to pay Miles Garrett twenty. Okay. So why does it make sense to? Spend another ten million dollars on a guy who's coming off your bench. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 just, I get. It. So, again, it's not my money. It's not your money. I just, I am giving you the real deal. Of so, but the that's why they didn't sign. Did they offer him a deal? Do you know? I don't know if they offered him. I know Daniels. That they were, this is yeah, I, I, I know that they were very interested. Uh, they spent a significant amount of time with him. I believe it was last Thursday. If my, the, the days just kind of blend together for me. It's yeah, training I believe, camp. I believe it was Thursday. Um, but you know, he ended up going up to Detroit and signing with the, the lions for a couple of reasons. One, he got, I think what, nine, $10 million from them. He's going to start and he gets to play his former team twice. a year. Can I, can I rant for a second? Dear professional athletes, stop being an idiot and being so desperate to stick it to your former team. Can you focus? I'm going to go to the Detroit Lions. Now, if it's because of money, fine. I will never knock anyone for taking more money. Uh, it's because you're you a fit or you want to play for a coach or whatever, and I saw all those reasons. But this idea that, oh, I'm going to stick it to the Packers. Dude, you could be hurt during one of those matchups. It's football. The last thing any professional athlete should do is say, oh, I want to stay in division. Maybe it works out that way. So May- Tom Brady shouldn't want to stick it to thirty-one teams who let him get, uh, let him go no, six rounds of the fine. draft. No, I just think draft. it's a joke. Like if, for example, like Joe Hayden when he got released a couple of years ago, right? And it was it was kind of a surprising release, at least for me, outside looking in. I I have the answer to this. I'll uh, let you continue. Go ahead. The idea that, all right, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh to stick it to the Browns. That's not why he went I, to Pittsburgh. No, but but that's what I'm saying, and I know he didn't. But he got good money, and guess what? Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a winning culture. They've won before. Opportunity to wins there. But if, if And he didn't have to move if, right away because Pittsburgh's a two-hour turnpike drive. Now, if Joe Hayden goes to the Bengals, who are fresh off of a 6-10 and 10 season, and it's because, oh, I want to stick around in this division. I had offers from Miami and New England and this, but I want to stay in the division because I really want to beat up on the Browns twice a year. That's just dumb to me. I think it's the, the dumbest thing ever. Who cares? Yeah, because you know at the time, show, beating up on the Browns was not a novel concept. You know how you show your team that they messed up, or Come your on, former team? That? By going and winning. Go win. 
Mike Daniels ain't going to win in Detroit. So if it's not for the money and it was to stick it to the Packers, you're an idiot, Mike. Go ahead, Daryl. Well, you're going to say something about Hayden. No, I, I, I said what I needed to say. No. The reason he the reason he went to Pittsburgh was he got to keep his family in Cleveland a little longer while until they could get settled in Pittsburgh. It wasn't it, it's just two hour turnpike drive away. Sure, the the whole going to Pittsburgh winning team, opportunity to make the playoffs, all that's yeah, that played a played a factor, but uh, there was a financial ban and also uh, he hails from Maryland and Maryland's not too far away from Pittsburgh as well. So uh, that's why he no, that, and that's it's fair, the, but you see start. it all the time. Coming back to beat the Browns, I mean, listen, I, I talked to Joe Hayden this summer uh, at the Jarvis Landry softball game, and, and he, you know, he, he told me he's happy for the Browns, I mean, except for, for the two games he's got to play them, but he still loves and respects Cleveland fans. He and, was just an example I was using, by I, the way. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I wasn't like, I, I thought that that was the reason, but it shouldn't be the reason. It should never be the reason. I You should never be like, oh, like, dude, if you get fired tomorrow, you shouldn't go work at the competitor to stick it to the fa- – no. T- take the best offer you get. Actually, I would. <laughs> Say, no! No! Unless the money is there and it's convenient and there's a reason. You know what I'm saying? So well, that, I wouldn't take the job if the money wasn't there, but there uh, I don't work for free. Uh, he doesn't work for free. Make sure you check out his work at 923thefan.com. All right, let's wrap it up on the Browns here before we get the Indians in the trade deadline. Anything else that Browns fans need to know about training camp, stuff that's happened before? Um, actually, one thing that stands out, and I want to ask you about kicking competition. Looked rough today took based on words, what I read. Took the words right out of Was my mouth. Was that really what you were going to say? Yeah. That's rough. I mean, you got a fifth-round oh. pick. You, you know, you got two kickers in there. They're battling. They both I, missed today. I, I know Freddie Kitchens isn't concerned. He should be. He should be bleeping his pants right now. I would be worried. Uh, it's it's not a pretty sight. And I said it going into training camp. I maintain it. Both kickers were awful during the spring. Joseph's been a little bit better. Um, Joseph was is is eight for nine in camp so far. Austin Seibert is. Uh, I don't know what's worse, his kicking or my tee shots. Uh, I'm serious because his 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 kicks look like my tee shots. They are shank tastic and slice tastic. Um, he had a kick today that didn't come within the same area code of the uprights, uh, and it was a pressure situation, game on the line, end practice type. You know, end of, it, it was an end of practice, two minute drill, game on the line, run out there. Boot the game-winning kick. Yeah. Granted, it was uh, around the 50-yard range, but that's that's your job. That's what good kickers do. They nail the 50-yard field goal to win the game. That's what the Cleveland Browns need, and he didn't come close to it. Is Phil Dawson he available? Is, he's four for nine Phil Dawson on available? team place kicks. Uh, I'm just asking, and I know Browns fans have wondered, because he is available, right? I believe so, but I, as much as I love Phil Dawson – I, I, I'll say this, and I wrote this in my special teams preview. I stand by it. It would not be breaking news to me if we get to August 31st and they cut both of these kickers and John Dorsey goes out and brings somebody in on September 1st. That would be wild. Would, it would not be optimal. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just I'm just giving people right now the, the real of the real of what I believe. You're leaving the door and open. I, and what I see. I am not impressed with either kicker. I'm not. I if I had to choose between the two right now, I'm, I'd stick with Greg Joseph. But they they spent a fifth round pick on 
Austin Seibert. Not my fifth round pick. I don't, whatever, you know, and, and I'm, you know, John Dorsey's earned a little latitude and some mulligans here, okay? Uh, but, it, you know, but the Cleveland Browns. And there's Browns, still a long way to go. Who knows? The, you know, Cyber could be perfect for the rest of the camp. James, the Browns lost last year because they couldn't kick field goals, mm-hmm. okay? They lost between two and four football games last year because they could not make field goals. You cannot lose games this year because you can't put the damn ball through the uprights. It can not happen. Not with a team that's expected to make the playoffs or go far in the playoffs. I can't lose because I don't have a kicker. Bottom line. So, whatever it takes to get that corrected needs to get corrected before the season begins. I'm just saying, right now... Not overly impressed, leaning toward Greg Joseph because the alternative, Austin Seibert, gives me nightmares. We'll continue to update you on the Browns kicking situation on our website, 923thefan.com, and certainly on the podcast every single week because it's a battle that uh, that could last for quite some time. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. Up next, let's talk ball. Let's talk baseball. Trade deadline a couple days away. We will discuss that next on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome back into the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Erpine. He's Daryl Ryder. Thank you for joining us here as we are less than 72 hours away when we're recording this on a Sunday evening from the trade deadline. And we have some news. The Indians have acquired infielder Christian Arroyo and Hunter Wood, a right-handed reliever from Tampa Bay, in exchange for outfielder Ruben Cardenas. Sorry, took me a second. Cardenas. Anyways... Interesting, interesting, interesting. Hunter Wood, uh, right-handed reliever from the Rays, and you knew that they they were looking, the Indians were, for relief help at some point. This year has a 2.48 ERA, one save. He's given up 11 runs in 29 innings. Um, it'll be interesting to see, well, you know, if he can if he contributes. He's 25 years old, young kid, so we'll uh, we'll see there. Here's what I think though about the Indians, just overall and the deadline. Etc. I think they are open for business and listening to Trevor Bauer deals. Yeah, offers. Good luck with that. Really? Yeah, good what, luck. What, what do you mean, good luck with that? Please don't be one of these people that... So, Trevor Bauer threw a ball into the stands earlier earlier today in the game when he No, 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 no. He didn't throw it into the stands. To he center field. He threw it over the center field wall. Okay. I mean, first of all, listen. Impress, impressive distance yeah. on the throw. Uh, please don't come on here and say you but, think it's going to hurt his trade value. But Are you going to do that? 
Oh, good God. A little bit of a head case here. It does, I'm not going to say it's going to hurt his trade value. I'm just going to say it ain't going to help his trade it value. It doesn't impact it at all. I mean, when, literally zero. And I knew there when, would be people like you manager, out there. When and the I manager wrote walks out to the mound and has to say, what the F is wrong with you? And then Trevor's like, oh, bleep. I'm so sorry, Tito. And then Tito just does that. Will you go get your ass in the dugout now, please? Fair. No, um, I'm not saying he wasn't wrong and he had that lengthy apology. That is not impacting his trade value. And in, in fact, I, I wrote this on our website before we did this I'm podcast. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I'm just saying that that was not good. So you dealing him then? I'm dealing him if I can get multiple young controllable assets that I view can help you, uh, help me if I'm the Indians this year and moving forward. So how do so I do that, means, that? So so that means he's going to be an Indian then after the deadline. They're not going to trade because I don't think I honestly <clears throat> I. I, I I don't cover Major League Baseball, I, so I, I don't know necessarily what the market for Trevor Bauer is. Um, I, I will say this, and I think I saw some quotes coming out of that clubhouse. You you obviously being in there, you'd know more. I, I, I don't think them trading Trevor Bauer would go over real well in the clubhouse. It might, it might give Terry Francona a good night's sleep because he doesn't have to worry about this knucklehead anymore. And I love Trevor Bauer. I say knucklehead. It, 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 affectionately, I, I I really do love Trevor Bauer. I I I I I think that he is uh, he just every once in a while loses his and that's all he did, and that's why I'm not freaking out about right. throwing the ball over the center field wall. It was stupid, yeah. and he admitted it was stupid after the game. I think that's story over. Or he cuts his hand in the middle of a playoff run on a drone. Radio.com's own John Heyman reported this earlier today. He said that the Yankees are willing to part with Clint Frazier and Miguel Andujar. But I'm not trading Trevor Bauer to the Yankees to help them. And that that's the question. Because I need, if, if I can get a guy like Andujar, who he is out for yeah. the year, but he's got power. He hit nearly 300 last year with 27 homers, 92 RBI. Like he's He can be your third baseman. You can move Hosey to second. Give me the Dodgers and, and Padres on lines one and two and see if I can get something so, done. So the Yankees, it's an untradeable... You're not trading him there. I have no interest in helping the New York Yankees. Not when I'm trying to beat their ass in October. My question about that is, is if you think Trevor is this distraction. Right? I'm not saying he's a distraction. Well, no, not you, but if the Indian, if you're tired of him, if his act is worn thin, if if his hot-headedness. And, and I will say, and, I and do think that there's a chance that could be possible. So, so, so if all that stuff, let's just say it. Is sending him to New York in that market and with that media, with that attention, with all of the microscope that will be on, are, are you really that concerned about doing that? Like, to me, if you can get two guys like that that can be cornerstones starting next year when Andujar is healthy moving forward, I, I there's a chance i consider that. And if I could get both guys, i probably do it. Now, I get it's the Yankees. I get that's who you're competing with. But to me... It can help you this year, and it certainly can help you in the long run. But but outside of that, outside of a deal like that, and throw the Yankees out, whoever, Padres, any, any of these teams, if they don't give up young, promising players under team control, both of those guys are, by the way, under team control through 2023, if they don't do that, why would you trade him if you're if you're the, the Indians? And that's how I view it. You don't have to trade him. If you're rolling into the playoffs, wild card or not, with the rotation that includes Trevor Bauer, Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger. Mike Clevenger might be the best pitcher on the damn team, by the way, right now. And you could argue Shane Bieber same way. Right. And then Corey Kluber, who will be back by then. Who knows about the Andy Salazar, but I'm expecting to hear good news on Tuesday. Breaking. 
from uh, uh, about Salazar. I just don't know what their plan is yet. He threw 69 pitches yesterday for Triple A. I think so too. That's what I would do. But suddenly you're you're pitching in your rotation. It it feels. About as good as you could have imagined it, considering all of the injuries, the Carlos Carrasco situation, because of how Beavers emerged, because of how Clevenger's shown his velocities up and everything. So even with Bauer having kind of an off and up and down year, his value should still be really high. And I'm not dealing him now unless I get a haul for him because I can always deal him in the winter. And that's ultimately what I think happens. I don't want to face Trevor Bauer until the very end of October, which is the World Series. I don't want to face him in the DS. Don't want to face him in the wild card game. I sure the hell don't want to see him in the ALCS. The only time I want to risk potentially facing Trevor Bauer is in the World Series. That means got to trade him to a National League team, two of the best farm system in the National League. I know the Padres is is, is highly regarded around baseball. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are always really good as far as uh, their, they don't their really need him, which is kind of crazy. I I I understand. I'm just yeah. Saying, I know. I know what I'm you're saying. Just, just, so. Um, that's just my personal philosophy. Now, Mike Turnoff and Chris Antonetti and Terry Francona, their job is to get is to maximize the asset. Okay. Sure. Um. So, I, I, you know, a couple years ago when the the Indians did the trade with uh, the Yankees, they got Andrew Miller here. The Yankees were a team on the rise, but the Yankees weren't competitive yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's part of the reason the Yankees dealt Andrew Miller to the Indians. Because the Indians were ahead of them, okay, as far as whatever. Okay. So, uh, and they got, and the Indians got him for a couple years. You know, they got a couple years of control with him, too. It was a great trade. Uh, and it almost resulted in the Indians winning the World Series. That being said, um, I, I do admire uh, the front office of the Indians and how they've been able to retool this on the fly. I admire how the team is. You know, really gotten it together um, and gone on this run here. Where what? I think they've only lost what four of their last twenty-two games or something. Well, like they lost that. today. So, but so, yeah, I, I, it's just it's incredible run. Now the schedule now the schedule gets tougher. But my retort to that is, well, they started this run with a with, with a you know pretty tough schedule. They were playing the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Twinkies and and whatnot. So, um, I would like to see if Trevor Bauer gets traded. I would like to see it to a National League team. And inside the clubhouse, I just don't know how you can tell those guys who have, in spite of everything that's gone wrong, resurrected this season. I don't know how you can tell them trading Trevor Bauer for players that can help in 2020, 21, 22, and 23 helps them win a World Series this year. You know what I would probably do? Unless someone knocks my socks off with an offer for Bauer. And they didn't this offseason. He would be in another city right now if the Indians had gotten their socks knocked off with an offer. We know that. You know that. Yep. Everybody freaking knows that. That's no secret. So it didn't happen then. He's had an up and down year now. So, yeah, maybe the market isn't what the Indians want yet. Why not wait for the winner when there could be more teams looking to acquire a starting pitcher? Could be more teams trying to get in that contending mix. Here's the other thing. If you can roll with him in the playoffs and add a right-handed power bat, mm-hmm. suddenly – you might be able to compete with the Yankees. Suddenly, yeah. that bar you said at the beginning of the podcast, the multiple podcasts, where it's like, oh, World Series or bust. When you have Terry Francona leading the charge and Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, who is suddenly great again, had another home run today, 14 on the year. Speaking of resurrected from the dead. Yeah. I mean, he's got nine in July. I believe it's not. Yeah, nine in July. Had five over the first three months. I mean, it's insane what he's done. So 
the guy I would go get, and he is available, and the Indians, according to multiple reports, have checked in on him. Domingo Santana. He's a right fielder from Seattle, but he doesn't need to play outfield. You've got some good defensive outfielders. Guess what you do? You plug him in at that four spot. He's got 19 home runs, hitting 273 on the year, an 814 OPS, 65 RBI. You suddenly have your cleanup hitter. He's a righty. Now one through five looks mighty good. You know, Lindor, Mercado, Santana, Santana, back-to-back Santanas, by the way, Santana squared, and Jose Ramirez. I like that. You keep Bauer in the mix. You just acquired a reliever. Suddenly, I think you not only can catch the Twins, but you got a real shot here to compete because you're going to have a great, and by great, I mean great starting rotation, solid bullpen, great closer, and a couple stars in, in Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, and the, the supporting pieces around them in the lineup. I really do. I think you can be competitive, especially with who's calling the shots in Terry Francona. And competitive like in a playoff series against the Yankees or these high-end teams in the IL. I'm not getting anything for free, so what's it costing me? It'll cost you something. It'll cost you because he's under control for a couple years. So it'll cost you some prospects. But if you're the Indians, I think you give those prospects up. Try to keep Nolan Jones, the the double-A. He's your number two prospect. Uh, the double-A infielder probably going to be with the Indians 2021, I would forecast. Maybe next year, probably 2021. Um, so you try to keep him, and, and you move some of these other prospects that they have. Maybe you do consider moving Tristan McKenzie, who's I your like number it. one prospect. I like it because prospects are just that, the prospects. Yeah, and, and, and to me... Santana's available. They've checked in on him. He he just fits. He fits everything. He's under team control for a while. You feel good about giving up the prospect. And here's the other thing. Well, you when are you see get... Mike turn off this week, why don't you uh, offer that he, suggestion? Oh, he Joel. knows. Dude, I wrote about Santana a couple weeks ago. He knows. <laughs> Believe me, he knows. Um, but but I do think, and I guess this is where we can put a bow on it, um, you, you've been around the Indians longer than I have. But to me, I look, and, and history repeats itself, right? Past three trade deadlines, what have they done? They've added. They've been aggressive. Well, I think they continue to be aggressive. I get it. They're trying to rebuild uh, or retool on the fly as well as being competitive. And, but he fits He fits the MO and, of that. And, and that's exactly it. So, and, and if that doesn't work, maybe they go get a rental bat. I think there are plenty of rental bats out there. But I think that this is more appealing because he can do what everyone was hoping Bobby Bradley would do, which is hit home runs, hit fourth, and, and just be that power bat in the middle of a lineup that's really missing it. I mean, if, I'm if, sold. If you do that, he can be your Edwin Encarnacion, where he could play defense if you need him to, but if not, you just put him in uh, at, at DH, and that's it. You're good. Sold. Yeah. I, I would do it. Make it so. I would do it. I don't know what Seattle wants, but yeah, it should happen. I agree. And then if you deal Bauer in the winter, you can get some of those prospects back and feel good about your farm system. So there. There's my plan. What do you think? Done? And I think this is, like, doable. It's not like I'm saying go trade for Mike Trout. Like this is Domingo Santana. He's not gonna. He's not an eight-time All Star here. The Cleveland Browns traded for Odell Beckham Jr., which I admittingly thought was the impossible. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's why honestly, say, yeah, 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 it's, that's it's it's. I I like the way you lay it out. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. I think it it fits today. It fits tomorrow. Hopefully they're able to, you know, work up some magic this week and and make a move or moves that pushes this club over the top. That's what I that's what I hope for. That's yeah. that's what I'm looking for because 
for them to go from where they were in spite of all the injuries and even the underperformance. And I mean, you had hitters one through nine below the interstate or mm-hmm. at the interstate, you know, um, to, to get where they're at now, just a couple a game or two games behind the twins here um, and really in the thick of this at the trade deadline after being back, I think it was what, 11 and a half games. You got to go for it, man, because your, your team is telling you we're good enough. Just need a little more help from the front office to get us over the top. And I think that, and again, it just goes to that, what we talked about earlier about Freddie Kitchens. Mm-hmm. If you show your guys that you're willing to go the extra mile for them, they will go the extra mile for you. So if you're Francisco Lindor, if you're Jose Ramirez, and you're busting your ass, that's what you do. So I'm totally with you. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Rapine. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, including the Radio.com app. Every podcast posted on our website and 923thefan.com. Make sure you bookmark it, you save that website, and you keep it there because we're going to have all your trade deadline updates, news, rumors, notes, plus Browns training camp. It's just the beginning of what's going to be a magical Browns season. That's what it seems like. Daryl Ryder has you covered each and every day on 923thefan.com. Thank you so much for listening. Back at it next week. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. This has been the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.